On this episode of The Playbook, I have one of the greats, David Nurse. That's right, from the Pivot and Go podcast, but he has a new book, Breakthrough Blueprint Tracker. And we're going to talk about what's coming through, David, in order to inspire you. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. I'm here with the incredible David Nurse and uh, David. It's so good to have you here, my friend. Man, other David. I'm so blessed to be here with you, brother. You know, we both have a similar background in the respect that I think we've leveraged uh, the athletic exposure, awareness, and lessons in varying degrees, meaning our own personal athletic ventures, uh, which may not be outstanding like a Michael Jordan, but yet still they deal with your potential. And then two, the other side of sports, uh, which is the backdrop of sports, the business of sports, the inspiration, aspiration, and lessons of sports, which I think for sure our careers mirror each other, um, and how that's applicable uh, as you're writing, you know, or have written your new book coming out in November with breakthroughs and the blueprint, because I'm a blueprint person. Yeah. And I thought our conversation today would be to help people uh, with their blueprint to success, taking our blueprint, making the architectural adjustments according to their genetic and energetic inheritance that they've received, their potential. You and I, completely different potentials, uh, but yet I bet there's some similarities, similarities and synergies between our blueprints to not only breakthroughs, but to success and happiness and all the other lessons that we're learning. So you, you call yours, and I'd like to start with this, a blueprint tracker which to me indicates a consistent behavior. And I would love to know why, you know, a tracker and what was the thought process? Cause tons of guys have blueprints, but you have a blueprint tracker. Yeah, totally. And just to, to start off with everything that you brought in there, I think our athletic backgrounds were, were actually a lot better than we thought. Like we, we like to look back and think we were great athletes, but you know what, that, that set us up to learn everything that we needed to be able to coach them. So, and what you're saying is using our athletic background to depict and find out why the highest level minds work the way they do is because of our own experience of just consistently, consistently pouring into it. And at the core, we're all searching for a breakthrough. To some extent, we all want a breakthrough in our life, whether it's, whether it's personal, professional, whatever it might be, we're all looking for a breakthrough. And to have a a blueprint or a formula or a guide to be basically taking us through this, we're able to do it. Because breakthroughs are very abstract and it's really kind of hard to grasp. It's almost like these words that we're using potential, like what does potential mean? Or what does culture mean? Like what do those words actually mean? But if you have a guide to take you through those, then it's just like having a personal trainer. Like you know, you have the confidence, you have the lead, you have the, you have the, the game plan to be able to get through it. One of the things that has helped me over the years is understanding math. Uh, I'm very critical in understanding the perceptions of the man-made constructs of math, meaning uh, 24 hours. You know, what creates 24 hours? Light creates 24 hours. Uh, dimensions, uh, size, uh, as well as per perception related to 
time in, in, in size. Meaning when I look at breakthroughs, when I shift a paradigm of breakthroughs saying, I'm already connected through to and through the greatest source of power, light, love, and lessons. I'm connected to and through infinity and, and limitlessness. Therefore, if I shift my paradigm and say, my objective of a breakthrough is to clear that interference. So in essence, each day I can have a breakthrough where when people like I had in my past, when I was your age, attach my emotions to an outcome, when I achieve or surpass that outcome, we define that as a breakthrough where I have been able through math to determine increments, subtle increments that other people wouldn't notice or have a raised awareness that it's actually a breakthrough and advancement. Thus, where other people feel stuck and may actually be progressing more than I, because of my understanding of math and my perception, I actually realize breakthroughs as indicated by them far more often and far greater before they quit I'm continually with the consistent, persistent pursuit of the truth or the potential, the inherent uh, quantum nature of my being. How do you formulate the breakthrough in your mind right now when you're teaching that tracker? Is there an end or how is your relationship to that end? Such a good question. And first, let me throw some math on you. You're a lot better than math, but I know one math equation. I'm going to ask it to you. What is one to the exponent of one? Right. So one to the x of zero is one. Yes. One, right. <laughs> well, yes. That, it's exactly. the beginning. But one. So to if the, you if you one to one one to one is still one. Yes. And right. one to the exponent of one point zero one. You know what that is? Like I had to. I had to one point zero one. So point. So if it's one percent more, if it's one to the exponent of one point zero one, one percent more. Right. So the the rule yeah. seventy two applies then. Yes. So it's it's actually thirty seven point four something. And right, there's right. no I way I did that. that off the top of my head. But yeah, what yeah. It, what it shows is is what you're talking about. The consistency is the one percent. If you just grow one percent, think about that. That's thirty seven point four times magnitude. So the breakthrough formula for me is, and this is this is tried and true over years of high performers, mainly in the MBA realm, but CEOs, entrepreneurs, actors as well. And, and I love scientific data and all the stats and everything, but what's more powerful than that is actual results and actual experience. So that's why I know that this formula works. And the formula is a four part quarter, four part quarter. If, if you hit each one, you live in the breakthrough mode. So this opens you up to breakthroughs to actually occur, turning little happy accidents into re regularly occurring breakthroughs. I'm not saying, man, you're going to have a breakthrough every single day, but you absolutely set yourself up for a breakthrough to come. So the formula is this. The first part is confidence. Now, every part of this formula, when I say it, these words, you'll think like, oh, I know what that means. It's a little bit different. Confidence has nothing to do with the results, with the resumes, with the status, with anything from the outside world looking in, giving you validation. It has everything to do from the inside out, giving yourself the validation. So it is about your true self-awareness. It's about knowing what you stand for. So for an example, a really good friend of mine that we both know, Jeremy Lin, he went through that time of insanity where he was on top of the world. He was the number one trending thing. He was literally going for game winners, 30 points a night. Like it was miraculous. He was at the top of the world, number one trending thing for weeks. But if you were to ask him, he, he would never want to go through that time again. Because instead of knowing who he was at the core, 
he was living in the what ifs. What if I can't keep this up? Like, what if I can't keep this pace? What if I don't, what if I don't keep this insanity going? What will people think of me? And it's very wearing on you. So once you're able to shift that and shed the results and the confidence, and once he figured out he stands for his faith in Jesus, his Taiwanese people, thinking he's a great gourmet chef in the kitchen, debatable, then he realized what his true self-awareness was. So when you have self-awareness is the first piece, because that's a building block, that's a foundation, knowing who you are at the core. And then you add it with cooperation. So the second piece is cooperation. Now, obviously you can't do everything yourself, so you need a team around you. We've been blessed with amazing, amazing people around us. That's how we're able to do what we do. And cooperation isn't necessarily about putting the, the best people together. It's about misfits. It's about realizing you have a God-given strength and you're gonna match it with other people's strengths you don't have to focus on your weaknesses. Because a lot of times we're heard like, oh man, you, don't, you have a weakness here. You gotta, you gotta focus on this weakness, especially with NBA players. Like you gotta focus on this weakness. No, if you give me an NBA player who's good in every area, they ain't playing in the NBA. You give me an NBA player who's great, focuses on his strength in one Dennis area. Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Kyle Korver, I grew up down the street from Pella, Iowa. Great in one area. So you put these different strengths together to make this ultimate team and I like to give the example of, well, first, the best leader in history, whether you believe in it or not, Jesus, he put together all these misfits that don't make sense and make this ultimate team. Or even if you've been to, if you've been to Cat's Deli in New York. It's right by my daughter's house. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Second Avenue. Yes. So I hate rye bread. I hate pastrami. And I hate Swiss cheese. I just don't like it. But put together in that Reuben sandwich that Cat's makes, it's amazing, man. It doesn't make sense, but it's all these misfits, different ingredients that just make this ultimate team. So that's what the cooperation point is. So you have your self-awareness, confidence. You have your cooperation. And we can go in-depth on, on each of these points because it's, it's really about looking at them from a different perspective as well. So now you have your team, okay? Great. Self, team. Now what the heck are you doing? Like if you're doing it for yourself, if you're doing it for your bank account, if you're doing it for the status, like honestly, nobody in the history of ever has found contentment or joy in that. Have they? Uh, like, no, I mean, like Steve Jobs is dying on his deathbed and he's miserable. I mean, he's like, we're not going to be richer than him. So figuring out why you are doing it and why you are doing it is all about, all about genuine service. Now, when I say the word service, a lot of people think, oh, well, I serve, you know what? I go out and serve here, serve here. No, true service is giving to people, pouring into people when it's not on your schedule, when it's not on your time. And I struggle with that, man. Like, I have my schedule built out, and if someone wants to have a conversation with me, it's like, man, this, you know what, I kind of got to get going on to the next person, or I'm in a room, and I know there's somebody I'm actually there to meet, and I start looking, looking by them. Like, true service is being absolutely present in the moment and serving who is around you. And... I'll go into a story. We'll finish up here, and I want to come back to a service story that really shows how breakthroughs happen in the service mode. But the last piece is purpose with relentless consistency. So purpose sounds like something you always, like, oh, I know my purpose, I got my purpose. Yes, but your purpose is truly understanding the God-given gift you've been given. I believe we all have this gift inside of us, given, to God, given by God, and, and fully becoming obsessed with it. You know, the people that I, I, I just, I absolutely love are the people who just go all out, obsessed, 
not the balance, balance is BS, but it's like a, there's this guy in the hills of Scotland who I searched, the hills of Scotland, way deep in there, and he's, he's making the best, softest cashmere out of wool from these sheep to, to make these, these cashmere sweaters. Like, he's obsessed with it. How beautiful is that? Or like someone that is just like the best coffee bean roaster ever and is just super upset. Like, I love that. That's what purpose is. Because it's, it's a unbelievable gratitude to God to use the gift that he's given to you. And this also shows everybody else that they can have their purpose. So uh, before we get to the fourth yeah. one, I got a question. So in this given gift or gifts that God has given us, mm-hmm. our true self, this enjoyment of the persistent, consistent pursuit or the enjoyment of or the ability to, you know, be everything that we can be. Several different times you alluded back to, well, if you're good at everything, you're not going to be good at a lot of different skills. You're not going to be in the NBA. If you're good in, although I would propose to you that some people, their gift is being good at a lot of different things and that uh, to not necessarily say that those who may have one purpose have a purpose and those who have uh, a life full of different variant things none of them the world's best not the world's best coffee the world's best totally but someone that you know take my mom for example great mom second grade teacher right you've never heard of my mom nor will you ever hear of my mom but she's on purpose she she's living her life on purpose how do you reconcile you know this desire that you must be what you can be in one solo directional gift compared to those that are blessed and are resolved in being their best they can be, which is good enough at multiple things that they pay attention to and give attention to. That's such a good point because that is the majority of people. And that is, yes, you have these different gifts. I think we're all born with a certain amount of attributes. So let's say, let's say my attribute for being a basketball player when I'm born is higher than yours. Yours is a football That's player. That's given. My- <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. Hey, yours is a football Are player. Are you going to go broke, brother? You <laughs> I just had to brag on myself. Yeah, yeah. No. Although being a commissioner, I might be better. <laughs> <laughs> you would. You would. But yours is a football player is higher. So the attributes are at higher levels. And not everybody's going to be the greatest at one thing in the world. But embracing that you can be really good in this area and having an impact in... Like you, you do so many things. So, so like you do so many things great. And that's very rare. Like that's a LeBron James where you've got multiple gifts. You're able to do really great, but it is like you said, the best of your ability. And like, but I, I think that comes from when, when you look within, you give meaning to everything you see utilizing your four criteria, right. To break yeah. through uh, and, and to have that blueprint tracker, you know, one of the gifts or one of the things from playing sports was, you know, I am an average division three football player. That's what I, my result when I was 22 years old, if you look back on my career, you know, second team, all CIF in high school, recruited division one, but probably would have never played. So I started in division three on a national qualifying team. We were fourth in the nation, right? Not bad, but I was an average guy, right? I, I wasn't all American in, And yet what I learned because my quantum ability was so close, my quantum potential, my, this inheritance from God, my gifts that he gave me, although my gifts weren't as great as, you know, Eckler, (laughs) you know, or, you know, 
so many of my other heroes, AB or whatever. But yet, what I learned to reach that level to be a Division Three is how and what I applied to everything, which I believe, I always say apply your why. Mm-hmm. I realized my why by pursuing something I was just good at, it, you know, better than most people on earth. It's like a guy who breaks a uh, hundred in golf. You know, you're in the top 1% of all golfers in the world you're and you're golf. good. Yeah. 99% of the people do not break a hundred in golf. If they keep score, the credit, they'll cheat. If you really, if you really play. So, but yet you would be considered a good golfer. Nobody would be blown away if we went out and you shot in 96. Um, but yet you're good in the 1%. So for, for me, how does your tracker, and I can see how the three components we talked about so far, how does your tracker help people realize the skills, knowledge, and desire that they have and reconcile it with their own quantum level of gifts? Yeah, totally. Which I call an, a, a genetic or energetic inheritance. Well, what you And just, that's God's gifts. Absolutely. And what you just hit on there was, okay, you're an average division three player and, and that wasn't your purpose to play high level NFL football, to be the guy who has a big stage and people to look at like an Emmett Smith or somebody. Right. But you gained your purpose through those skills that you learned through that relentless hard work. You learned like what you are now is extremely consistent. You're the most consistent person I've been around. You're the most relentless person I've been around. And that was gained through those skills. So instead of, so I would tell people like, you might always be searching for your purpose. It's not just gonna, it's not gonna be easy. Like I sit in for five minutes every morning and I sit quiet with God and wait for him to talk to me. You many times I've heard him audibly talk? Zero. So you're searching for this purpose and you use these, these life lessons and these things that you pour into maybe something else, it leads you that. That's why I'm saying like this breakthrough is not gonna come in the package that you expect it to. Right. But you prepare. That's the relentless consistency in this fourth point of you do it. You live in this self-awareness confidence. I know that like the results of this show, the results of when I go step on stage, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like I know who I am. I know I have a great team around me. I've built that. And I know what my like my why is, why I'm why I'm doing it, the service mode. And if you do it day after day after day, as we know, that compounding effect adds up and your breakthrough will come probably in a different way than you actually think it is. I thought I was going to coach in the NBA. I was coaching in the NBA. I had my breakthrough. Guess what happened right there at the end of the year? Door shut, I'm out. But it was led me to something else far greater. It's so interesting because you mentioned even speaking and there's a lot of reconciliation that goes on with people, for example, with breakthroughs. Um, Because we're still determined upon our perception, which is, the illusions that we create, our own meaning that we give. And I'll give you an example. You and I spoke in Florida on we shared stages. And um, I brought a new kid that I was coaching to speak. And, you know, what I look back and reflect on is when I was starting, because, you know, everyone has their own frequency, their, their own, you know, level of their ex- expectation and perception. So if you and I stand on a stage and no matter where it is and we're beginning, approximately there'll be a percentage of people that no matter what we say, will love what we say. They're on our, our frequency. And so what's so difficult in a lot of situations, business-wise, speaking-wise, podcast-wise, is that no matter what we do, there's gonna be at least one person, if there's enough there, 
that's going to come up to you and say, that was amazing, David. That may have been the best speech I've ever heard. You changed my life. And whether it's one person out of 100 or 10, whatever the variable or variance is in that resonation, in that frequency, we only look at that. And instead of saying, and I think this is that relentless for me, part of it, the consistent part is, well, if one person felt that way, what do I need to do to get to? Mm-hmm. Or if 10 do, what do I need to, I, I wasn't worried when I, when I started, I, I wasn't one of those people, who, even still today, you know, Rogan, right? I, I've been on probably the biggest shows uh, in, in, mm-hmm. and I haven't been on Rogan only because I, I don't want to be on it yet. I'm not ready. Mm. I love that. I'm not ready yet. And, and I think that, you know, I, I learned it from sports that, you know, there comes a time when you, you have to know that it's not to my advantage to, you know, I wasn't ready to make $100,000 a speech when I, when, even though I'd step on stages and people be like, oh my God, you're so much better than Tony Robbins. You're so much better than Gary Vee. You're so much better. Well, you may think so. I appreciate that. <laughs> but a lot more people don't. And I, I got to wait my turn until I learn. I watch myself. I'm way better than I used to be. And, and I'm still not good enough uh, to be where I want to be. And for you, how can you use these four things to help with the reconciliation or realization that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be mm. at the right place at the, with my God-given talents, but I got a lot of work to do no matter who I am, including LeBron James. Mm. First off, that is humility in you saying that too, of understanding like, man, I, like having that, just knowing that you're not ready for it is a big confidence piece in itself. And I would counteract saying, you are ready for Rogan, whether you think so or not. Like, oh, I, I, I think you I'm are. Not, I don't think the audience is, like I, I want to take yeah. advantage of it too. Yes, yeah. Right? But that's my whole thing when I was with the Nets. Like I was, I was 20 years old. I, was, I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, I wasn't ready for that situation. So understanding that you are at the exact right spot where you're supposed to be right now is, is, is a whole accumulation of, man, like, thinking of looking at these people that you want to be like, like I say confidence through comparison is a great thing because somebody has done it before you. There's really no originals out right. there. It's Agreed. just, we're all a smoothie. Like I have a piece of you, yeah, yeah, John yeah. Gordon and my let, and I smoothie it up together with my own little blend on it. And, and also like, like you've been doing it for years and years and years. So when people look at you and like, man, why is Meltzer there? Like when I look at, our friend John Gordon, I'm like, man, I want to be giving as many talks as John. Like, we've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. Like, we can't envy somebody's success if we haven't put in those miles to get there. So I think it's like, well, I know it's, it's, a, it's a cumulation of this formula and this formula being the system. So I'm really big on the, this system plus process equals results. So you have your system. This is the formula. The process is just the daily consistency. These are these habits that you set up, which I want to peel back the onion on your habits here soon because yeah. they're amazing. I got one habits. more question until we can peel back my onion. <laughs> I'm dying to ask it. And then that equals a result. But most people will look at, how can I get to these results? Like, I need these results. If you search for the results, you'll never get to the results. But you have to have this system process. And, and also, one more point to what you had said is, is the great ones want to be coached you want to keep getting better you want to keep improving you understand you're not ready for a certain level and you also look to the wise for wisdom so when you had mentioned your mom earlier 
I do know your mom because I have heard the story. How, why would I take business advice from my mom? I use that when I heard you say that into my own life. Love my mom, caring. She wants my safety. But I'm taking wisdom from the wise. I'm coming to you for business advice, not my mom. Right. And, and through, through that, it was interesting. I was just speaking uh, in Vegas and Scott Duffy, who I've mentored. So, you know, there's teachers, mentors and coaches. Coaches bring the best out of you. Mentors are people that can tell you from experience. And a teacher is someone that actually knows how to explain it to you because mm -hmm. it's not what we say. It's what you hear. And the best are all three. And I try my best to improve at being a good coach, mentor and teacher. Um, but Duffy was on stage before me, uh, worked for me. I, I've mentored him for years. And almost verbatim, he was speaking my speech. One of them. Thank goodness I have so many, right? <laughs> and my initial ego, because we were talking about humility, yeah. was like, mother effer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, he's talking about literally, you know, be more interested than interesting. I know. You yeah. can't, just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. Now, luckily, I got a shitload of content out there and people know, That's you. you know, be kind to my future self, do yeah. good deeds. Um, but I stopped, dropped, and rolled. And I said to myself, hold on, hypocrite. Hold on, arrogant David Meltzer. What is your mission? What, what is my mission? To empower others, to empower yes. others to be happy. I'm looking for a thousand yes. people to empower a thousand. And here I am, once again, my ego getting my way, about to feel bad or make a situation when all Scott Duffy was doing was honoring me by continuing my mission. Just because he's not like you and I, and we can make smoothies out of it and change the words around. So your five, <laughs> your four breakthrough traits and uh, don't look like Gordon's six of this or Meltzer's five of this or Ed Milet's three or so, right, so. Andy Vercella's five, uh, whatever it is. And I'm like, I, I, I felt a completely different feeling because I'm giving meaning. But here's my last question. We have all these pragmatic tools. You've used it on the elite performers in all industries, including MBA. But in the end, there's something that I learned later in life that you realized at a younger age than me. And it happened because someone told me a simple thing. I said, David, do you know the way you feel about your children? I said, yep. Do you know what you will do for your children? Yep. Do you know what you will give to your children? Yep. It's too bad you're ignorant. So what do you mean? It's too bad you don't know what you don't know because you're willing to do all of that for your children. Imagine if your mom knew everything, what, what your life would be like. But I'm here to tell you that if you have faith that there's an omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful mm -hmm. being that feels the same way about you that you feel about your children, except for they do know everything. They're not ignorant. And therefore, when things don't go like you plan, when your four breakthrough blueprint trackers don't mesh up to your expectations and you can't find inside of you what you want outside of you and when you don't have the desire that you must be what you can be and things are missing and mistakes are made and fallback setbacks are all there, remind, remember, and recollect one thing that there is a God who feels the same way about you that you feel about your children. And once I could reconcile the faith that you have with all the pragmatic lessons that I've learned and teach and mentor and coach, holy lamoli, you talk about X to the one, X to the two, X to the three, X to the four. It just continues every day. And anytime I'm out of that mindset of faith, all I need to do is put myself back into it 
before I take action? How has faith played a role in these four trackers, uh, the blueprint for you? Because for me, it's everything. My answer is everything. As well, it, it is everything. And let me take a step back too, because that, that was beautiful, man. Like that was beautiful. At the end of the day, if, if I miss all of these pieces, and let's say, let's say even I step on a stage, this massive stage, thousands of people watching me, and I just, I, I can't remember any of my words. I stumble, I fall. Like I go up there knowing I have God. I have my wife. What more do I need? For you, it's you have God, your wife, and your kids. What more do you need? Really nothing. Well, yeah, your help. But we're saying that's there. I want to make sure everybody knows yeah, that. Absolutely. That's my health. number one. Uh, yes. okay. That was already But, but like I always say, there. I am healthy, wealthy, worthy, and yes. happy. What am I doing to interfere with it? That's from God. Now, real quick, because I think yeah. this is important, I'll, and I'll let you hit me up. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you talk about God. What if someone's out there and they haven't found faith? They, they listen to you and I go, oh, these are two God freaks. Because I'm not a God freak, yeah. right? I, I, I don't care what you call it. You could tell me that it's this phone that's all powerful all knowing you and you have that same belief in this phone because it could be this phone. I don't know, I'm not omniscient. <laughs> uh, so I don't wanna argue with people. How do we help people that may not be as open-minded, open-hearted and open-handed towards God or Buddha, Muhammad, Joseph Smith, you know, whoever or whatever else they may believe in? Uh, how do we reconcile those people so they're not turned off by this conversation? Go, Dave and Dave, I didn't know it, but they're God freaks. Well, let's just say this. I was like, for me, I was not a believer in Jesus my whole life. And when I did make that change and it came from a way of my, my senior year of college and I was going to this little, this little hangout with these people, it's called Fuel. And I'm going there and like, I'm thinking these people are on crack. I'm thinking they're taking drugs because I'm seeing them like had like true joy. And I'm like, I need this drug. So I kept coming back and coming back. And what I realized is that this true joy, this empty feeling that I had been feeling from the outside, I looked like everything. I, mean, I was the man, college basketball, a big man on campus, all this. But I was so empty. But this fulfillment, this true joy came from Jesus. And I realized like that is that is everything. You don't have to go through this life on your own. So even if you don't, even if you're skeptical, like, eh, I don't know about this Jesus guy, like, wouldn't it be cool if there was something where it took all the pressure off you when you stepped in the room? Like, I honestly don't care what other people think. Like, not in a bad way, but in a beautiful way of like, I don't care because I know that Jesus, God, I'm just, I'm just performing for one. Right. Faith, faith, faith comes from within. And if people don't have faith, then they should just look to see the our wives, and then they'll realize, oh, these guys must know something. <laughs> must know that something that, that, that I don't know, because uh, we have outkicked our coverage. And, uh, by far. By far, exactly. And uh, anyway, you have a question for me. Yeah, I want to, you know what, I want to find, so what I love is searching and finding eminence. And I call it eminence because it is a way that is, describes God in the Bible, but it's also this, this search for greatness. And when I find people that have found this type of greatness, like, how are they doing it? What are they doing? How do you unpeel this onion in you? Because you have, dude, you've made a hundred million. You've lost a hundred million. You've made it back. Like you've got some secret sauces inside of you. And I think just like being able to, to learn from you and seeing like, you know, what takes you not, not just the normal habits, not just the good to greats, but what takes you from these great levels to outstanding levels? Yeah. So 
four values, first of all, uh, which are at a higher level. So one is just gratitude, but I understand gratitude much differently than others. One, it's nice. a practice. Uh, it's a practice of seeking, uh, seeking what we want in the respect of I'm seeking the light in everything, love in everything and everyone, and the lessons in everything and everyone. I'm seeking God in everything and everyone. So whether you believe in God or Jesus or Muhammad or whatever, I put it forth to you that gratitude is a superpower of seeking or finding light, love, and lessons in everything. So the most difficult situation you could think of, the biggest struggle you could imagine, the meanest person, the most attacking person, somebody loves. And there is light, That's love, good. and lesson in That's it. Good. And when we can learn the lesson, we can expand and grow. The second is forgiveness. See, when you enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, and yeah, that's my superpower is I have learned to enjoy the consistent, there is no work for David Meltzer. There's activity I get paid for, activity I don't get paid for. There's activity I planned, activity I don't have planned. There's an activity called sleep, which is a preparation for a download from God to utilize the plateau and grow the next day. I have utilized this methodology through forgiveness. Why? Because and you know, I got this from sports. If I'm really trying, if, I, if I'm pushing myself, I'm going to fail. Mm. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to get beat. I, I'm, right? when, when, I'm experiment, if, when I'm doing my best, I'm going to lose. All these things are. See, if you're not trying, there's no chance of needing forgiveness because you, can't forg you don't have to forgive yourself for making the mistakes and all these things. So forgiveness gave me peace because I stopped beating up myself and others, projecting my insecurity, utilizing humility through forgiveness, gratitude to find the light, the love and the lessons to remind, remember, and recollect the oneness that God has created. And then third was accountability, especially difficult for me because I'm a lawyer by trade, meaning by education. Everyone, you know, wants to live life in liability. Whose fault is it? <laughs> you know, blaming, shame, living in shame and justifying everything. When I lived at a higher level of thinking and I could find the light, the love and the lesson to forgive myself for the activities that I utilize in order to effectuate some sort of learn or lesson, I'm sitting there saying, well, now what did I do in this circumstance? Even if there's plenty of room to, to create liability, especially in the man-made construct of regulations, rules, state statutes and common law and all the things I learned in, in law school, but what did I do to attract this car accident, mm. right? What did I do and what am I supposed to learn from it? Mm. And through this daily practice, over years and years and years of learning these lessons, right? I expand, I grow, I understand the 0.01%, the compound interest, the 72 effect. I have been able to detach my emotions from outcomes and place them on the process of, of mm. what I'm doing because my energy emotion is only best utilized, not hoping and dreaming of an outcome, but utilizing the law of Goya to get off my ass and make it happen and learn the lessons in order to make it better. Implementing faith that every time pain comes up, see, most people see pain as a punishment. It's sometimes a stop sign, not for me. Pain, setbacks, failures, mistakes, they're propelling me. And I have such a strong mindset when there's struggles and pain in, in life to say, oh yeah, here I go. I actually, I mean, I'm like, whew, 
God. And I yeah. see other people like, oh, I didn't get the job I want. And I didn't get the deal, man. First thing I say if I don't get a deal, thank you. Yeah. Thank you because yes. it's a protector. It's a propeller. You put me in a better place. And that allows me to get to the last thing, which is understanding that I am. You know, I took, I uh, studied existentialism in 11th grade. I didn't understand it. And I learned Kierkegaard. I am. And immediately in my arrogant mind, I don't know what I don't know, but I know everything. 17 year old, I said, oh yeah, I am. I am. Well, I've been studying I am for years now. I study in the Course of Miracles. I study in the Bible. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am worthy. I am happy. I, we just rebounded another home that we purchased and we're going to be finishing the basement and closing off the, the bare walls. So I wrote on the walls of the house under the suggestion of the guys that have an A&E show, the, the, the flipping guys. I wrote, I am healthy. I am happy. I am wealthy. I'm worthy. Yeah. What am I? And I just signed it, Dave Meltzer, and the date. Because once you shift this paradigm with faith oh. and pragmatic tools, and that's where I tie in now from, you know, gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration, which is effective communication of I am. What am I doing to interfere with what I am? Instead of I got to go get happy, I got to go get attach my emotions to an outcome. I'm going to be happy when. I'm mm. going to be healthy mm. when. I'm going to be worthy when. I'm going to be right. People yeah. do that, not me. I am. It's what am I doing to interfere with it? Because I know there's an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that feels the same way about me that I feel about my children. So I know I am. There's no doubt in my mind, heart, and soul. I am. And then what do I do? Now I take all the thoughtfulness, the fastest vibrating frequency of the truth. You ask what the potential is? The highest vibration. The potential is infinity and limitlessness where God lives or faith lives right there. Now what I do is I use daily practices Daily practices starting with an unwinding routine at 9 p.m. to put my mind, body, and soul in a position to get the download from the source. And then I use meditation to transcend the download into what? Five daily practices. Just like you have four. And my five daily practices are just a regurgitation of what we both have learned in a different way of saying it. Mine are this. One, know your what. What do you want every day? Every day, don't be afraid of being a hypocrite, changing your mind, learning, growing, accelerating, all those things. What do you want personally today? What do you want experientially today? What do you want to give today? And what do you want to receive? Most people are afraid to receive. See, most people that were taught, the more you give, the more you receive, they weren't taught the first step. You got to receive to give. When you appreciate what you receive, when you appreciate, you add value, so there's more there. The only way to acknowledge, to acquire the knowledge of what you have, is to give it away. So my process is receive, appreciate, add value to it, give it away, leave a bigger vessel to receive more, appreciate it, give it away. So you ask me how I make $100 million, lose it, and make it back? I will tell you, because I focus every day on my what, and I receive it, I appreciate it and I give it all away and I ask again the next morning to receive even more every single day. And the way that I receive it, the way that I give it, the way that I'm, uh, for, for me personally and experientially having fun with it, right? Because life's easy for me. Am I doing my best? Am I learning lessons? Am I having fun? Real easy. I know my who. This is where humility comes in. 
Who can I help with my what and who can help me? I ask for help. People ask me, how the hell do you lose $100 million? I didn't ask for help. What would you tell your 18-year-old self? Ask for help. Find someone who sits in the situation that you want to be in and ask them for directions. The easiest way to get to where you want to be is to find someone that's already there and say, how'd you get there, bro? Take a left here or right here. You don't need waves. I've already done it. This is the best way. Then when you know your what and your who, then you can find out your how by utilizing the mathematical equation of faith. Mm. Pay attention to, this is part of your tracker, pay attention to and give intention to the coincidences you want. Stop looking at what you don't want, what's missing, what other people want for you. Pay attention and give intention, what you think, say, do, and believe. Even take into account the quantum being that you are, the God's gifts that you are, personal characteristics, obsessions, addictions, all those different things. Take them into consideration. But when you add up what you're focused in on, attention, and what you're doing, believing, saying, all those things, attention plus intention equals coincidence. It's the mathematical equation of faith and love. When you know you're what you're who and your how, then you know you're now. Most people procrastinate or are lazy, not because they don't want it, it's because they haven't been capable of doing the work to prioritize what to do first. So once you know what's important to you, urgency being a subset of importance, once you know what's important to you, you can do things now. 100% of the things you do now get done. The difference between hyper successful people and everyone else is you get the most done yes. because you're learning the most lessons. And then I finish up here. You know your what, your who, your how, and you know your now, then you can apply your why. Mm -hmm. See, because you can't apply what you don't know you don't have, but I am. So I'm gonna apply what I am, my skills, my knowledge, and my desire. And how and what do I do in order to effectuate apply my why? One, identify the interference. See, remember, I believe I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? Well, I gotta figure out one, what am I doing to interfere with it? So there's all these triggers in our lives, people, places, and things that trigger the ego, right? Primal fears of the ego need to feed, flight, feed, or fornicate. They're all survival-based. Mm -hmm. Well, if I can identify where I'm most afraid when I have the need to be right, the need to be offended, the need to be separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, all these things that most people don't pay attention to, I am hyper-aware and identify, whoa, I have a need to be offended, like I did with Scott Duffy. What did I do? Yep. I didn't fight it. I didn't yep. lean in, go up to him, dude, you stole my shit. Who do you think you are? Right? How, you know, you, this is the way you repay a good friend. I've been this is what my immediate reaction was. I know. You know why? Because when you're in primal fear, the blood leaves your brain and goes to your body so you can fight, feed, flight, and fornicate. I needed to stop, breathe through the mouth, right? In the nose, out through the mouth, breathe. I got back to center on neutral, just like Trevor Moad, my late great friend. I got to center to neutral. I found God. I found my baseline from the meditation I received earlier in the downloads. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Put the blood back into the higher power of thinking, the place where I can connect to the higher source, my potential. And I said to myself, this is exactly what I do want. It has nothing to do with the need to be offended. I'm not in competition with Scott Duffy. I'm supposed to elevate and celebrate. 
It's God dealt because if he's teaching your word, the same as you're teaching the word of God, what is your stupid problem, bozo? <laughs> Stop dropping. Now I can roll back into my what, my who, my how, why. In other words, once I get back to center, to neutral, to God, I can know my what, my who, my how, and my now. Meaning, instead of accelerating in the wrong direction, creating more void shortages, obstacles, I'm now rolling in the right trajectory of love, light, and lessons and going, hey, how can I be of service, Scott? Thank you for continuing to empowering others, to empower others to be happy, to know I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy, helping people clear that interference. And that's what you're doing with your podcast, you know, the Pivot and Go podcast. That's what you're doing with this book, which is why I'm so excited about the book, because you're teaching people what they are and you're teaching them how to clear the interference. You may not use the same words, which is beautiful, because believe it or not, Nobody can speak the words like the oneness himself or herself. So all we can all do, Sadhguru told me this, all we can do is speak to the spectrum of people that can hear us. And you have people that hear you and some will hear me, some will hear Ed, some will hear John, some will hear all the rest of our friends. Scott Duffy, that's what's so important. Man, ladies and gentlemen, you just got a $100,000 onstage keynote right there. Rewind that back, listen to it. Rewind it back again, listen to it. D, I could talk to you for hours, man. That is just, it's, it's purely, that's beautiful. Like you have an amazing perspective on life. An amazing perspective. Well, and so do you. The thing that excites me most about you is the amount of potential. You know, I'm blessed to be around so many people and I lean in to people that I know can elevate and celebrate. Uh, that to have the humility that you have and the desire that you have to be of service, of real service, to let God come through you. You know, there's so many people in your position that either one, live in a world of not enough, they're victims. Everything's happening to them. Why didn't, am I still not working in the NBA? Why the COVID happened? Why, why don't I have this yet? Yep. You know, yep. then there's the, what my mistake when I was your age, then there's the world of, you know, just enough, not understanding, buying things you don't need to make you happy, doing things you don't need to do to make you happy, uh, trying to impress people, sometimes even people you don't even like, you know, buying things, doing things to impress people you don't like. I see it all day long on social media. But to see you living, as you stated earlier, you're allowing the light, the love, and the lessons. You're allowing God to come through you for others, through you in a world of more than enough. You have touched limitlessness and infinity, and you, you're, you're learning how to translate it and transcode it for the betterment and the elevation of others. And without people like you, you know, we'll never get to over a billion people together. And with people with you, we're going to exceed our expectation. It's just a milestone. We're, we're still asking for crumbs. Uh, I know we got one minute left or so. I, guys like you, I got, I got to ask, you know, for me, it's be kind to your future self and do good deeds. What, what's your go-to when you're in front of thousands of people on stage and you got that closing remark and you say, remember, Blah, blah, blah. What is your remember? What's that one takeaway you want them to remember when you're stepping off stage? Man, a great question. And it is absolutely that you have a God-given gift inside of you. It is inside of you. We are our biggest defenders. If you do everything that you just said and I just said, and do it with the way you do it, why I love being around you, Dave, is because you have fun. Every time I'm around you, I'm laughing, I'm smiling. You get so much done, you do it for so many people. You have a terminology that I call grace and pace. So leaving people with the knowledge that 
hey, you have a God-given gift inside you. Go for it. Go for it. But have fun when you're doing it. And just, just having God at the center of it just makes that so easy to do. Yeah. Well, you are the epitome of doing your best. You have a desire that you must be what you can be. Learning lessons you have learned and you seek lessons from people. I don't know oh, anyone yeah. that's calling, asking mentors, like, help me. It's so beautiful. And then, you know, like you said, having fun. Rule number six, don't take yourself so seriously. Thank Live you. in radical humility. If you want to know rule number one through five, it's really simple. Go to rule number six. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you, D. You're the man. Appreciate D to it, D, here we are live at the studio. Thanks so much for joining me, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.